This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the one and only Natty Boss, lifelong athlete, sports dietitian, breathwork facilitator, personal development junkie, and holistic performance coach. This podcast is here to change the paradigm of what it means to be a high-performance athlete. The intention and mission of this podcast is to help you create freedom, clarity, and balance in your life while giving you the tools to heal yourself, improve your well-being, and optimize performance. I believe that in order to reach our highest potential in this human experience, we must unlearn and let go of everything we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves and the world so that we can truly tap into what our divine path is and have the courage to pursue the curriculum of our soul. It's my hope that after every episode, you feel activated and empowered to make change in your life that supports you in operating from a place of alignment of who you're meant to be. Get ready for major shifts and transformation. It's time to dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Empowered Athlete Podcast. In today's episode, I have a special, special guest. We are talking with Miss Jax Balford, or Jax for short. I'm sure you've seen her in the circuit, especially around everything that we do. She's from Stratford, Canada. So shout out to all the Canadians in the crowd here. She trained at Stratford BJJ. She's a purple belt, newly promoted purple belt. And she runs some kids classes and she teaches at Stratford BJJ. She's the OG student of the performance blueprint, then upgraded to the right-hand woman inside Body by Boss. And she's also the head coach for the performance blueprint and our alumni program called BASP. And she, of course, we can't forget to say, is the mother of two Huskies, Opie and Lily. And I'm so excited for her to be here today because she's really going to just share her story and kind of the evolution of her own journey, but also in her shifting all of these roles, what she's noticed as the program has evolved and the students coming into the program. And we're just going to have an open, candid conversation um, to really just talk about what she's noticed in regard to the program and the students that come in and the blocks that people experience. And as in her role as a head coach, like what she's noticed from the women who joined to kind of their transformation and evolution by the end of the program. So we're going to hear some amazing insight and her background and story. I'm so excited for you to get to know her a little bit more um, than what she posts on social and just what we get to know just behind the screen. We get to really just open up and have a conversation and really get to know her a little bit deeper. And she's an amazing human. So I'm really excited for you to get to know more about Miss Jax. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the um, awesome intro. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, So do you want me to just start with sharing like my story or how I found you? Where do you want me to start with my, my timeline? Yeah, I'd love for you to just share, like, yeah, if you can remember way back when, which is like, what, 2018, like before the Performance Blueprint, maybe where you were in your life and what got you to join the Performance Blueprint and kind of speaking to your experience in the program. And we'll we'll then dive more into kind of the evolution because obviously it's changed so much since you did the program, but a little bit more about just like your story and where you were and what caused you to join the program. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so prior to finding the program, um, I was already training jujitsu, um, but I had kind of hit this point where 
I had this realization that what I had been doing wasn't working. Um, but on the outside to an onlooker, it looked like I was pretty successful at what I had been doing um, and what I was kind of presenting to the public. So to kind of dial back even further, um, previously, um, actually today is my eight year anniversary at my gym. Yay! Um, coincidentally, uh, on my, we originally got these little membership cards when we signed up and the intention was we were going to like scan them when we went into the gym and it would like track how many times we trained and then that kind of system fell defunct, but I still have that card. And yeah, so today is my eight year anniversary. Um, so I had already been training jujitsu for a few years, um, but why I had even started jujitsu um, was because I had kind of had this fear um, that all the progress I had made in my current weight loss journey was going to be lost. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I had kind of hit a low point in my life. Um, I was definitely not motivated at all. I was a smoker. I drank tons of coffee. I was punk rocker. So I partied all the time and ate like shit and it showed. So I weighed upwards, probably at my highest, anywhere between like 215 and like 230 pounds. And um, that was kind of my like standard walk around weight. And I had just kind of grown like really unsatisfied with what I had seen um, and not knowing kind of any mentors or having any kind of guidance. I joined a program um, that was kind of like a diet program. They would take a whole bunch of money each month and give you a whole bunch of pills. And you were basically guaranteed to lose weight. And the first red flag looking back now was their, one of their marketing guarantees was you were guaranteed no matter what to lose two pounds per week. <laughs> so as as we know now, and as any of the students know, listening, we always tell our students that sustainable weight loss for women is 0.5 to one pound per week. Yeah. So already we're like outside of the realm of sustainability. Yeah. And then um, while a lot of their products were herbal based, they also just had like a fix for everything. So um, if, when you would do your check-ins with them, if you had cravings, okay, well, here's another bottle of pills. These will help with your cravings. My goodness. If you were unhappy with where you were carrying fat on your body. All right. Well, here's a CLA based product. Um, but it's going to help you lose weight in that area and kind of target that fat loss, which we also know targeted fat loss is also yeah. not a thing. Um, <laughs> And um, so I basically, from doing that program, um, I felt, and I was successful with it. I lost, I believe, I think it was either 80 or 90 pounds I was able to lose. Wow. I got to probably my lowest weight, um, but I never felt like I could share it with anybody. Like I never felt proud. I was like, I'm doing this program. I'm you know, taking these pills. Uh, this is what I'm doing and look at all my weight loss. I was very like closeted about it because I pretty much felt like I was cheating the system. Like I yeah. felt like it wasn't genuine weight loss 
And I also felt like I, I cheated the system because these pills were guaranteed to make me lose two pounds. Yeah. I would still eat really, really unhealthily and then just rely on these pills to still see success. So yeah. there was really this really, really unhealthy relationship to my food and to this kind of like system. Um, and I learned really nothing in the, pro- in the process. Yeah. So, but on the outside, I've lost, you know, close to a hundred pounds. That's an incredible feat for anybody. And, um, so obviously, you know, some things that I can look back and kind of see is like, I was good at being consistent because I stuck with that program for, for a year. You had to come out. So super expensive program, um, huge, huge investment. And I still smoked the entire time. And, uh, still smoked cigarettes, was still completely unhealthy, drank, ate fast food, um, barely ate balanced, kind of learned a little bit, um, but really nothing. So then that led to me kind of like cycling through like Instagram fad diets, like six week type shreds, um, where they would just give you like a prepackaged like set of recipes and they're like, just eat this, they'll lose the weight again, learned absolutely nothing. And then just had a recipe book to show for it (laughs) and no support at all. So that was the other thing. Um, there was really no like accountability. There was no support. Um, there was really like no one kind of showing me the way and then making sure I was doing it. Yeah. Um, so the time comes, I'm mentally prepared to quit smoking And I've set that up as a New Year's resolution. And I've, I've started doing that and I'm successful in actually keeping this New Year's resolution, probably the only one I've ever done. And, (laughs) um, we got a few months into that and I start to realize like my eating habits are catching up with me. I'm not doing the program anymore. So all these pills have gone away. So there's no crutch anymore to like hold me up. Um, So it became glaringly obvious that I was going to need something to supplement. Yeah. Um, So um, just from my youth, I grew up playing uh, a sport called ringette, which is an ice sport like hockey. Um, It was created when women weren't playing hockey. So it was an alternative at the time. Um, and then I played baseball. So I always played team sports. So just looking back, I, I knew that getting a gym membership and running on a treadmill was probably not going to work for me. And that's when I kind of stumbled upon my gym. They had just opened up and I was able to join like a few months into the their first year of being open. And it was amazing. So that was going to be like my that was going to be what kept all the weight off. I was going to do jujitsu and go and train. And I actually started with kickboxing. Um, I didn't even start with jujitsu. Um, so I didn't even know how good of a workout it was quite yet. Yeah. Um, but that was the goal. That was the idea that that was like, all I thought I needed was just this workout program. And that was going to fix all of my fears and all of my problems and make me keep all of this weight loss off. Fast forward, that did not happen. So I started gaining the weight back. And obviously 
now I'm in jujitsu. So we're competing. Um, so I was able to compete um, at the weight that I am at now. Uh, when I first started, I was right there, but then it started to just kind of slowly incline. And I noticed as my weight would incline, my tournament performance got horrible. My performance on the mat was like super staggered. And that self-consciousness of having to weigh in, that started becoming a stressful thing. Like all of those stresses that you don't really realize when you first sign up for jujitsu, yeah. those started becoming prevalent in my life. And um, some of us would resort to really, really unhealthy methods or would try to like lose weight by sweating it out, you know, the day of or the day before, just to have more leeway on the scales. And it was always, always, always miserable. And yeah. I just remember looking back and being like, this cannot be the way. This is absolutely just like not the way I would like to do jujitsu. Yeah. So that also made my attendance really, really up and down too. Mm-hmm. I started to notice like, because I didn't have any consistency that would really show. So all of these avenues in my life with my eating, with my training, with, you know, just the choices that I was making for myself and how I show up, they were, nothing was consistent. Um, and the directly paralleled my performance on the mats. Um, and when I would show up to compete and then I wouldn't want to compete because, uh, it would just feel like a wasted effort or a waste of my money because you would just go to the mats to feel like shit. Yeah. And we've probably all done that before where we've all gone, we've competed. We've been like, that sucked start to finish. (laughs) Just like you're, you're already regretting it before you've left the mats and just like thinking of the finances and then all of these scarcity values start coming up and you know, that, that kind of spirals from there. So I don't even really know what I was looking for. And of course, um, it was at the beginning of the year. I seem to be attracted to New Year's resolutions. It's that type A personality. It's, um, it likes to be goal oriented. So the New Year's coming up and I've had this irregularity with my jujitsu. I'm frustrated and the thing that I, I always regret from doing that program is that I learned nothing from it other than how not to, to lose weight. Yeah. Um, so when I wanted to learn about it, I was like, I need to actually learn yeah. how to lose weight. I need to learn about nutrition. And that was kind of when the light clicked. I was like, I actually need to go to someone who knows what they're talking about. And I need to try and find someone who is an expert who specializes in teaching these things. Um, but also can I find someone that might be connected to my world a little bit, um, that can understand where I'm coming from really, really specifically. Yeah. I wasn't just looking for a general sports nutritionist or anything. I wanted something very specific to, to jujitsu, even though I didn't know I was looking for that. I was just kind of out there in my head being like, there's gotta be some type of something for me. And that's when I found your post in the women's grappling network. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, I was like, I don't actually remember where you came about. Yeah. So super long time ago. Um, 2018 at this point. Yes. So we're at 2018. So I'm, I don't even know if I was a blue belt yet. I think I was. Yeah. You were. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, you really start to like reflect and like really, I, again, I'm, I'm goal oriented. So I'm like trying to progress my jujitsu. Um, but I'm also trying to progress as a human being at the same time. And when I don't even remember what exactly your original wording was because you've changed the way we kind of, um, pitch the program to students. Um, but at the time, six week program, help you lose weight, um, learn how to, how learn how to do it was one of the big things and, and just feel more empowered. I believe that empowerment piece has always been there. Um, whether or not it's been worded as such, um, it's always been there. And that was kind of the feeling that I got. And I was like, okay, I found someone, she's a dietitian. So she obviously knows she can teach about nutrition. She has personal experience because she, you, I believe that was part of your kind of story yeah, um, and your messaging. Um, and uh, there was just something that kind of was like, I need to do this, this I'm drawn to this. Um, so I filled out your questionnaire at the time. And I think one of the questions at the, at, on your questionnaire and you still have it, um, the very last question is how committed are you? And it's like ranked in percentages. And I think mine was like the second highest. It was like, I'm 90% sure, um, if I'm ready and which for me, I just kind of needed to know the financial, financial commitment at the time. Um, but even when we got on the call and we did that exploration call, we talked about the program. And you were like, okay, like you say yes to everything, but you've got this hold up. Like what, what is your hold up? And I was like, I just don't know the price. Like, what is it? Uh, that's, that's the only thing I was like, I just can't say yes, uh, without knowing. Uh, and, um, and then it, it, it ended up not even really mattering because I just remember how much money I spent in that program years ago. And it was like hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month, like to invest in this program that I really learned nothing from. So it was, it was pretty easy in that moment to like invest, um, even in that, those options that we had at the time doing like paid in full or the bigger lump sums, like that was so much easier than, you know, committing to this really long-term program that, you know, I ended up getting nothing from. And, uh, so it was kind of more so like, what do I have to lose? I, I, I'm going to put my trust into this program and give it my all and take my money. Like I'm in. So I always remember being pretty gung ho from, from the get go when it came to signing up for the program. I don't remember having a whole lot of like fears or hesitation because I think I was already at that point where I was ready to take action. Like as far yeah. as stages, stages of change, I had done so much pre-contemplation to come to this decision that I needed somebody outside of myself. I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. I, I knew that. 
even though all the information's online and I'm a pretty stubborn and like headstrong person, I, I knew that I couldn't commit or be consistent without having someone's help outside of me. Um, and that's, that too is, is hard for a lot of people in the program to admit a lot yeah. of times because, you know, there's a lot of pride, there's ego, um, you know, a lot of people have fear of what other people will think. Um, yeah. And I just don't remember any of that being there. Like, I don't remember being afraid of doing this program the same way I was afraid of telling people I was doing this like crash diet program, taking pills. Yeah. I don't remember you having any resistance either. Like maybe just that initial question. That's an obvious question that most people would have and make sense if you're going to make an investment. But other than that, you seemed pretty in. And that was without me knowing the extent of that backstory too. But that makes perfect sense, especially if that was definitely a big financial commitment and long-term. And you were definitely in that preparation stage for sure, because you were trying all these things for all these years. So you were really seeking a new way. So it makes perfect sense that, you know, you were able to really weigh those pros and cons and just be like, well, it probably at least isn't worse than what I did. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, what, what do I have to lose? Like, you know, just in like taking this chance on myself. Um, and that was kind of one of those things that, um, I've always been pretty good at in my life. Um, I've always been really good at taking, you know, that radical ownership to being like, okay, if I, if I want this in my life, how can I make this work? Um, and you know, if I have to take, if I have to take my car off the road for a few months and walk everywhere, well, I live in a small town, so I, I'll do that. Um, so that's always been within my bandwidth. Um, but like going into the program, like there, I mean, you were a purple belt at the time. Um, even though we were from the same affiliation at the time, I think we were still, I think I was still high barrel. Um, I didn't know who you were. Um, so we had never met before. I had no like previous context of who you were. Um, and I never really did like my due diligence. I'm like, I'm going to research this, this person and like, see, it was just, it felt really intuitive for me to, um, to sign up for the program and speaking with you on the phone originally and kind of doing, um, that one-on-one call to really kind of talk about like what we're going to work on and what my goals were and how the program will work for my goals. That was really, really helpful. Um, and kind of, you know, making that commitment to this complete stranger that, you know, I'd never really heard of before. Now you're very, you know, well-known on social media. If people want to look you up, you've got a very in-depth website. There's so much information out there about programs. Um, I don't even know if you had a website back then. I just remember filling out the questionnaire, really. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, I definitely feel like there was a little bit of that just like uh, leap of faith in myself and in you. And I think that trait carried through in the program was having kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this program. I'm going to commit myself to this and I'm going to, you know, follow these um, teachings as much to a T as I can 
um, and really give myself to it. And I think that really, really, really showed because I had really great success in the program. Um, and obviously I work for you. I still am a huge promoter of the program, um, but I still apply all of the principles I learned from you know, the, the version one of the program. I've picked up so much along the way um, you know, with BASP and um, continuing the continuing work I do with you. Um, but yeah, like that, I still learn all of that. That wasn't anything that became useless over time or, you know, proved itself to be useless. All that information is still relevant, still applicable. Um, and it shows because I have maintained the weight loss that I've had from the program to, to this day, um, even when having a stomach infection and seeing weight gain, you know, having that faith, that, that kind of trust in the program and the teachings and knowing I just have to come back to that and it will all work out. Yeah. I feel like that also really, really helped with my success um, as well too. And I think some students hold themselves up a lot with their own ego and their own belief system um, and when you can truly, truly give yourself to the program, you know, that's when you see those students have some really, really transformational success. Yeah. And I know what, um, some of the things that I recall right off the bat, as far as your success in the program during the program, I think you had like a 12 to 13 pound weight loss. Again, when you took the program, it was only six weeks. So technically yeah. I think that was even you know, more than what we recommend per week to lose weight. But a lot of times when you do have these like drastic changes, the body will take off more weight initially. And the sustainability aspect comes from just being consistent. And then as long as you're doing it in a sustainable way, it'll just level itself out. But a lot of times, especially when you aren't eating the healthiest or you have some other unhealthy behaviors and they start to trickle away, that weight loss can come off a little faster. So it's not unnormal to have that bigger weight loss, but as long as that big weight loss isn't necessarily always the case and it starts to trickle into more sustainable weight loss, then that's kind of what we're looking for. But I know that you had a big weight loss in that time frame, And I know that I remember you saying, I think you were drinking upwards of like 30 ounces of coffee or just relying on coffee. And then you sure. really replaced that with your lemon water, which is like a staple and like a it's like the hallmark of our program. I feel I actually have my lemon water with me right now. So like, awesome. I know that there was that, and I don't know if there was anything else that was like the biggest, some of the biggest shifts mentally or physically that you experienced in that short time. I know it's evolved since then for sure. Yes. She's, we'll talk about how she's done the program about 52 times, <laughs> but in her original iteration of just her, if you can remember maybe what those specific things were. Yes. Um, so as you mentioned, I had 13 pounds of weight loss. Um, and, and, and yes, like I totally saw a more drastic weight loss at the beginning, um, because I was totally drastic in my change. I didn't have a lot of resistance to accepting the suggestions given to me. I was like, yep. Okay. I'm doing it. I'm applying this right away. Um, and that's something that, you know, I had a lot of ease in the program and looking back a little bit of that could have been motivation, which I'll, I'll get to, um, later on. Um, but 
I didn't have a lot of resistance. I wasn't like, oh, lemon water in the morning. Ew, gross. I was like, all right, let's drink this lemon water. Um, let's, let's try this shit. Like <laughs> Natalie sent me this greens powder. Let's put this in my drink. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was really, really good about, about implementing. So I was actually drinking 64 ounces of coffee a day. Um, it was like two extra large McDonald's coffees. Um, I was working night shift at a factory while also working part-time at a tattoo shop because I was a body piercer. So I developed this really, really unhealthy addiction to coffee, which I had kicked up when I had quit smoking cigarettes. So it was yeah. pretty consistent. Uh, so that went to zero after starting the lemon water. So those two changes were like huge for me, my weight loss and just my coffee intake. Um, I was pretty much only eating carbs too, I think from my three-day food record, but probably only two meals per day, if that, no meal timing whatsoever, like no consistency, um, you know, I was just eating at work when I, when I felt like it. So note that you were also vegan at the time and you still vegan. Yeah. Just like that it's important for just the plant-based athletes out there. Those who desire, we've had a lot of students who've converted to plant-based after the program, even though there's nothing that we force on you, but it's just due to them tuning into their body and finding what works. Sometimes that's the case for people. But one of the biggest things sometimes that can happen, even if people try to do it on their own is exactly what you experienced, which was like this higher carb intake because plant-based products tend to be higher carb. And we don't really consider those other components. So yeah, if you want to speak to that. Yeah, well, that was a huge thing. Now the new vegan food trend is they're high in fat and low in carb with a lot of the new vegan proteins that are coming out. Um, but I wouldn't have never noticed that years ago. I was just eating carbs. I was the typical unhealthy vegan. Um, I didn't even I didn't even know what a macro was when I started taking the program. I had no concept. Like I knew what protein was. I knew what carbohydrates were and I knew what fat was, but I didn't know that was something you could track as metrics when it came to nutrition. Even, um, I was like, yeah, you can count calories, but like, how do you count calories? And like, (laughs) (laughs) and like I, my mom always did like, my mom had done that weight loss program too. So like, obviously my knowledge of weight loss, like, and nutrition passed down from my family, not very good because I followed in their footsteps in taking that program, which I saw from their own results didn't work, but I don't know why I still did it anyways. (laughs) Uh, But that actually reminded me when you said something about moving vegan, that was my only other holdup on the questionnaire when I was like, I'm almost fully committed to the program. I remember one of your questions was, are you willing to try new foods? And I was like, oh fuck, I'm a vegan. If this woman makes me eat like steak and shit, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I don't, I'm not gonna be able to do this program or I'm gonna have to lie my way through it. Um, and you're like, oh no, no, no. I mean, vegetables. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank goodness. And you're like, I'm, I'm plant, I'm plant-based and vegan too. Like it's fine. So I remember that was my other holdup in the program. I was like, oh God, is she going to make me eat these certain foods <laughs> and give me this diet plan? 
Um, and that was my only thing because the questionnaire, I was like, oh my God, is she setting me up for this? Like, if I say yes, I think she's going to be like, I got you on the questionnaire. <laughs> Try new foods. Now you're not eating steak. <laughs> you never have to worry about that with me. That, that was, was like hilarious. 90% sure I might do the program. <laughs> Which is completely valid. It's like, need to know the price and do I have to eat steak? But on a real note though, there are, you know, nutritionists or just people who call themselves fitness and health coaches, whatever they are, um, that have, you know, I've seen and heard those scenarios where they kind of give meal plans that are just like, do this meal plan. And it doesn't really consider the person's preferences or, you know, health situations or all of that stuff, which is why like from the get-go, I've never given meal plans. Cause I was like, it's really important for you to be able to just understand the principles, but apply it with foods that you like. And I would never force you to eat a food that you don't like, because how is that sustainable? So, but of course you didn't know that signing up for the program, that's only something to learn later. Yes. Yeah. Which I, which I did learn, but no, I didn't know that going in. So that was my, that was part of my only holdup was, am I going to have to eat meat? Um, which I learned very fast. I got to create my own meals and build my own plate, um, which I, again, I didn't have a whole lot of resistance. I really enjoyed um, having my scale. I don't know if it was because I used to be a punk rocker and use a weed scale all the time. And I was like, I know how to use this. Like, this is easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I can build these meals on this scale, no problem. I've already put other greens on these things. Um, <laughs> But, um, so I was really, really open to the process and it wasn't easy, like looking back, but one of the biggest wins from the program, and it wasn't something that you've ever told a student, like, this is, a, this is something that you might get from the program. Um, and I didn't even know it could exist in someone's like reality, but I remember I had gotten so routine with my meal timing, which you teach us in um, nutrition fundamentals, I believe, was when we do meal timing. Um, performance. And, uh, and yes, and the specific meal timing in performance nutrition. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, where was I going with this? <laughs> meal timing. Um, with your meals, um, you were saying that it was a specific win that you had that. Oh, yes. Yes. So I just remember because I was so consistent with my meal timing. Um, I never felt hungry. Like I didn't have the feeling of hunger anymore. It was more so just like, okay, it's time to eat. The process felt good. The experience felt good. Um, you know, it didn't feel rushed or anything. I was really good at, you know, applying even, you know, those first behavior swaps of like setting my fork down and chewing my food 30 times. That really, really helped me because I have a history of um, binge eating. So those kind of things I had to do from start to finish in the program. But I, I just remember one day I was like, I don't remember the last time I felt hungry. And I was like, but I feel so nourished. And I was like, you know, I don't feel too full. I just feel complete. And Good. like, you always hear like fitness people being like, oh, I don't like, I like eat just for fuel. Like, you know, I don't eat because I'm hungry. And I'm like, 
what kind of psychotic bullshit is that? <laughs> and, uh, and I just like never could understand what that, what that could mean. Um, yeah. and I just remember like waking up one day and was like, it's breakfast time, but I'm not like, my tummy isn't grumbling. Like I don't have that like ache in my stomach being like, you need to eat food. It yeah. was more so just like, okay, you know, you've gone through your morning routine. It's time for breakfast. Um, and that just felt really intuitive and natural. Um, so I, I know when I'm off balance from that, like, obviously I can feel the hunger. Um, yeah. that was just a really cool win that I did not expect. Yeah. It wasn't a goal of mine. Um, I don't know if that's a goal people make, um, but it was a really, really, really cool, unexpected win, uh, non-scale victory, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that was just like a really amazing feeling. And I was like, other people need to feel this feeling like this is incredible. Um, and, uh, and I think the other like performance win, I would say, um, I, I would have two just from my six weeks in the program. Um, I remember taking like the superwoman shake, um, and drinking that and I had eaten well, my meal timing was good and I was training. And I just remember having like so much energy, like just this unlimited, um, unlimited source of energy. And I was able to like push hard, recover, and then have more energy. And that was just such a great way to train. Um, you know, my brain function felt really clear and sharp and it just felt like one of those amazing days, but I was having, you know, several of those a week, you know, it wasn't just one day. It was you know, a whole week of training that way. Um, and so that was, again, looking back to where I was pre-program, um, you know, that consistency, that was really, really incredible to see. Um, and I would say also that would have been a win as well. It's just seeing consistency in my life. Um, uh, just because that was something that wasn't present previously. Yeah. And because it's been so long and we've been through so much together as far as joining the team, I know that we started slow and you, if you remember better than me of you reaching out to me, perhaps, I don't remember how the relationship started post program, because at that point we didn't have an alumni program for you to continue with your success and continue with the habits that you have and that accountability that you're speaking to. And at some point there is a conversation between us where you, we were still just in a part of each other's worlds post-program and you were really open to just sharing what you've experienced with other people, which is something I always admired about you is this principle of really sharing the wealth and sharing your success with other people. And instead of, like you said, kind of like hiding it and make like keeping it to yourself, like you are very adamant and open about sharing it to other people and wanting and kind of spreading the mission all the way back then before actually being a part of the team, but like spreading the mission of like, wow, this is what I've experienced and it feels really, really good. And other people should experience this, but I can't remember the quite like that one moment in time that really was the turn. I don't know if you remember either, but I'd be interested to hear if you do. And kind of I'm, not, I, I'm yeah, so I'm not 100% sure. And obviously we've cycled through a couple of different messaging platforms. So whether it was like a Voxer voice message or yeah. like a Zoom, um, hard to say. 
Um, Cause I've thought about this too. And I, again, because I just had this like faith in this program, um, obviously I was really, really um, ha- like excited to share it and keep, keep doing it obviously um, and keep sharing it. So uh, it also helps keep me accountable. Like for me, putting it out into the world helps keep me accountable. It's just one of my own kind of ways I measure my accountability. And um, so that kind of public exposure helps. And so I noticed from like sharing um, that two of my teammates ended up taking the program. And I believe it was when the second one had signed up for the program. I believe that was when a conversation between you and I had happened. Cause I think there was only maybe two cohorts I maybe missed as far as like shadowing and following along. Um, and I think it was when my, my second teammate signed up Amanda that you were like, okay, like clearly um, you're referring people, people are signing up because you're referring people and they're saying like, just how, how great my change has been, which we talk about on the first call in the program is like that ripple effect that, you know, we, we cause outside of ourselves when we create a transformational change. And, um, I don't know if it was because you had seen this ripple effect and you're like, okay, obviously she can make waves with this. I have no idea because it felt really like I don't even remember the invitation or the conversation that started it. Um, Cause I definitely just think that we were always just like online supporting each other. And yeah. you were obviously really good at like keeping in touch with students as far as like checking in and like commenting on their social media. Um, but I think that's when the conversation happened and I kind of, you were like, can you just share your experiences, your viewpoint? Um, Cause it'll help give students, um, an opinion outside of just the coaches from yeah. someone who's walked the walk and now is talking the talk. Yeah. I think that's how it happened. Um, from my timeline, looking back, but obviously there's been so many cohorts, um, and evolutions of the program. It, it's hard to say even what version of the program I came into, um, <laughs> as well. Um, because we have, we have modified that quite a bit too. So, um, and so that's actually one of the questions I did want to ask you since you've been through, like, yeah, you've only missed like maybe a couple cohorts after you until I just, I believe I reached out to you and, and we just had this conversation around, um, just working together because you were so adamant and behind the mission. And I was always so grateful for that and appreciative of that. And it was like kind of this reciprocal effect because it still gave you like the accountability and, the support too. So it was like this original relationship and just like agreement that we made before like bringing you on the team. But over the years, before stepping in even to the head coach or as the head coach now, but still over the years in your reflection, what do you notice has been kind of like the biggest parts of like evolution of the program from when you first started to where it is today? Like some of the things that has really evolved the program yeah. So from going from six weeks to 12 weeks where it is now. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been huge changes, obviously the fundamentals of the program have stayed the same. 
holistic yeah. lifestyle change program um, to, for, for female jujitsu athletes. Like that has always been its core mission and that, and it still holds up to this day. Um, but basically what I've seen is just your commitment to delivering that mission in a more holistic way that creates more deeper, longer lasting transformational change. Mm -hmm. And how I've seen that, um, just from even, being on the calls and meeting the students and talking to them while there have been students right from the beginning of the program who, you know, saw really big change and continue to implement the program and continue to implement change. A lot of the people initially, especially with that smaller time frame, were sometimes desiring more like tangible change. So just like a weight, a, like a weight change. Um, you know, a lot of the people that were first coming in, you know, is very just nutrition and fitness based. Yeah. Um, we didn't see a lot of the, um, you know, burnt out athletes yet. We didn't see the, um, the moms that want to just, you know, add balance to their life while increasing their performance in their, on the mats. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw, we saw too, like even looking back at some, even people from my cohort that, you know, are, that aren't really involved in this realm anymore and have kind of gone off on their own way. I feel like a lot of their initial reasons for joining the program were based in fear um, and, and, you know, and scarcity. And um, as the programs evolved, each round of students has just brought in more and more ladies looking for this depth of change um and things that have helped bring about that change is obviously breath adding breath work to the program was massive um that was really really a huge embodiment piece to make people really like really really apply the mindset stuff like I think that the mindset stuff without the breath work you know like my, my teammate and, um, uh, mindful Mike has said, like meditation is hard. He would not have a job teaching people how to meditate if it was easy. Um, so, you know, without that breathwork piece, I think doing the rest of the mindset element from the course, um, I, I don't think that would see as much change, um, because people, would be in their heads and not in their bodies while they're working through the mindset. And the mind is really designed to resist change. And where people come in and where their headspace is in the beginning of the program and what their like outcome is, if they're not, if they're kind of stuck in, like you said, that, that fear-based state, then they're kind of in that program in their mind, no matter how much we try to support them in rewiring that that's why it wasn't like the big shift in the program really came about in 2019, but a year later when I became a breathwork facilitator and I was like constantly on a quest to, like you said, improve, how can I constantly create more depth and more transformation for the students to ensure just even deeper and deeper and more sustainable change. And that's where I came upon breathwork and <coughs> long story short, it was, I had to go through my own healing process with breath work to really become an even better mentor and leader 
and to really understand that depth of change, always being involved in behavior change. This was really the thing that I was like, this is the key that I've been looking for to really anchor in all of the principles that I'm teaching. And then integrating that really, like you said, help people throughout the program, we shift into not just integrating and staying in the mind when we're integrating, but learning how to embody and learning how to be in our bodies as we're integrating and shifting on a embodiment level. Yeah. And, you know, there are some students that have come to the program since breathwork has been added that were only looking for those tangible changes and, you know, got to the mindset month and, you know, like just opened up this like rawness. Um, and they were able to see change that again, they weren't even really expecting to get into this program. Like now breathwork is obviously so known that it's connected in our program, but you know, when it was first being included, you know, people were like, what is this breathwork thing that, you know, body by boss does. It was pretty new. And it's, it, even just in the public, when you were doing breath work, it was still kind of coming up and getting, you know, it's gotten a lot more popular now, um, but you didn't see a whole lot of breath work facilitators out there. And when you did, they were often Wim Hof facilitators. So they were doing, you know, breath work and ice bathing, not breath work for trauma-informed healing. So yeah. that, that element alone too, a lot of these ladies come in, you know, thinking like, Hey, I'm just here to lose some weight, you know, make competition easier. And then they, you know, come out of the program because they were willing to be open to receiving what you have to teach them. Um, they came out with a lot deeper level of change and you could tell who was open to receiving and who was still closed off at that time. Um, and it's been really cool to see with the evolution of adding BASP when, you know, some of those women have needed support, they come back into our world, you know, they are more open to receiving and, you know, some of the women from the OG programs are now, you know, doing the breath work and applying things that weren't even in their version of the program. So, um, that's been really cool. And that's another reason why. Um, I also, it made it so easy to feel good about this program because your commitment to continued learning, not only just, um, as far as like finding the best holistic ways to integrate and embody, but also you've continued your learning as a dietitian. I believe at the beginning, you were still working on your sports dietitian and studying there. So I always, um, have loved that continued learning element. And you had always said, like, I will update my information as I learn and receive new information. You know, my, my packages will reflect that. And that is something I've always appreciated, um, coming from a body piercing and tattooing industry where there wasn't a lot of information and continued learning wasn't, you know, it was something that a lot of us did, but it wasn't, you know, mandatory by any means. And it's not mandatory for you to do by any means, but I just really, really liked that element as well too, that, like you said, you had to evolve, you had to grow and learn and go through your own healing journey 
And that's only made the program better and better and better because you've grown as a person, which makes you grow as a mentor. And, and that as well makes the programs better and better. And yeah. the students get a better um, mentorship as well. And then their transformation is better. And it all just, it all trickles and connects um, together, um, which is another element of just why this program is, is so amazing because the information is fairly timeless in that sense. Yeah. And when you're in BASP and you have you know, constant access to that information, it will change if it needs to. If something new comes into our world, you know, we find a new nutrient or something, you know, you best believe that's going to be in the nutrition package. Um, but uh, that was also just a really nice thing to feel at peace about. Like I felt it was able to feel like it didn't feel unsafe doing your program because you deliver it in such a way that you know, obviously when you get to mindset, there might be some scary parts and that's just because you're going deep within. But, you know, as far as the way you've designed the program and especially now because the community aspect is so deep, you know, there's this, it feels really safe to go through these changes um, even while learning a buttload of information because <laughs> that, that knowledge aspect is there too. So that was something I always appreciated and, and kind of admired about you. Um, and I think that's what makes a good mentor is that they're willing to evolve and they're not stagnant. Um, because obviously, you know, as soon as you stop learning, you know, you stop growing in my opinion. And I feel like you have that same kind of thought process too. 100%. Yeah. And so I'd love to, like, we share so many, like, the, when it comes to not just this program, but all, every offer that we have, everything we do is really rooted in principles. Like you said, that are timeless, that stand the test of time. And that's something I take a lot of pride in because principles exist for a reason. Principles in science, principles, the law of the universe, things like that. So we can always trust principles. Um, but I'm curious, and what are some of the, maybe just like a few, one to three principles that we teach in the program that you believe have like a direct correlation to students' successes? Um, so other than like the, the core ones that you, you tell all the students, like the, um, you know, empowerment through education and like all of those things, um, I would say the one thing that, that people don't realize, but they get so early on in the program is just permission. Mm. Um, I think it's not necessarily a core value that we like speak about, but it's something, and that's evolved as the program has gone on actually, um, specifically just permission around macros, for example. Yeah. Um, in the early days of the program, macros were just something that we all did um, and you would just kind of really help us, you know, as we struggled through it, which ended up taking up so much of your time, having to navigate on my fitness pals constantly and basically hold our hands for the ones that really, really just like were resistant to yeah. like tracking macros. And the, the thing that has shifted over the program, uh, as they evolved is, 
you know, you've started saying like, well, you don't have to track macros if you don't want to, you know, I give you permission to not track macros. I give you permission just to build a balanced plate. And, um, that just permissive based coaching while still keeping people accountable without letting them become complacent. I think that has just been such an element that's kind of undersold with the program because it really, really allows, again, people to feel safe in working through this process because they have permission to say yes and no to what fits into their lives as far as like the, what the program has to offer and they can apply it then they can apply it later. But at the end of the day, that permission is always there. Um, so that I think like permission or just like that grace is what I would say, um, is a really big value of the program. Um, in a way that is in line with one of our values in, we speak to it as autonomy and sovereignty. So like that autonomy and sovereignty, you know, a big part of empowerment is helping you reclaim that autonomy and that sovereignty, which means for those who don't know, it's that realization that you are in control of your body. You're in control of your life. And every action that you take really gets to go through this filter, this filtration system, this discernment system within yourself of, does this feel good for me right now where I'm at? Um, Or is it something that I'm willing to push my edge into a little bit so that I can grow, but still feel safe in that process? So it's like this coming back into the autonomy because when, and we're going to get into this conversation in a second, but when it comes to like that empowerment piece, it really empowerment comes from within. So it's always about coming back into your body and making decisions that are aligned with you. And sometimes that's going to be, even if you're learning something, if it doesn't feel like something that you're able to do in that moment, and there's a lot of resistance, whenever we create more resistance against resistance, we create more resistance. And with my end mission and intention always being transformational change, then a big part of the work that I get to do as the mentor is, okay, so what about my approach needs to shift to ensure people's lasting change? And so that's where, as Jack said, like kind of evolving even more into the permissive language, because I'm a full believer macros is not something you have to do for the rest of your life, but I wanted to give people the tools so that they weren't going to an extra source that were teaching it wrong. So I felt an obligation as a dietitian, as a sports performance coach to give them the right information. And then we kind of shifted into just because you're getting this information doesn't mean you have to follow with it right now if it doesn't feel good for you. Because based off where people are at in their relationship to their body, in their relationship to food, um, postpartum, whatever it is, that's where you're going to really be able to create that confidence, that consistency is having that permission. Like, you know what, this is just not a a not right now thing. And I want to nail down the fundamentals first. And then once I create more consistency in that and feel more safe to expand, then I can add in these second level tier type of nutrition elements to play with, to explore and kind of find you know, it's never going to be comfortable at first because you're always trying something new, which is uncomfortable, but we do want to do it in a way that feels safe. That's not going to cause us to shut down and then regress. 
So it's always this fine balance that I'm playing with. And that has been, like you said, just like a huge piece to really ensure that I honor people's timelines, even though we're on a timeline because the program's a certain amount of weeks, right? So even though we're on this timeline of the program, there's also the second level of timeline within each person. And so really just allowing them to work in their own timeline and supporting them through the mental blocks that come up, which is often like, sometimes it can be like, oh, this person's able to do this much. What's wrong with me? Or why am I here? And it's like, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. As long as you're radically committed to where you are and focusing on what you can do, you will get there, but in your own time. Yeah. Well, and as well too, with that autonomy piece, you know, when they're have that permission, those choices, again, like you said, it feels safe, but it also just feels good in the body to make choices that are in line with what you want. And, and that is something that I really noticed with doing the program versus doing that diet that I did is when I would go in to like do my weekly weigh-in, like Again, I'm from a small town, so I'm like, and I'm well-known. I had a massive mohawk for over 10 years, so I'm easy to spot, needless to say. Um, so I would, like, feel like I would have to, like, put my hood up and, like, hide and, like, run in and, like, do my way in and, like, I couldn't share my wins with anybody or, you know, it just... And never felt good inside my system at any time while doing that program. And, you know, all, everything I got out of it was just this like empty, you know, it wasn't this transformational change by any means. And, you know, doing the program, you know, again, I had less resistance than other students do, but the choices that I made were so in line with who I wanted to be and who I wanted to show up with that it felt good in my system to make those changes. And, you know, even for students that see that initial resistance, because they have that permission to take their time with it and they're not, you know, forced to do it, they get to do it when they feel good and ready. They see so much more success long-term because again, that's what makes a sustainable change. And yeah, I was able to notice that firsthand. I just felt really icky and I would like it was right beside a Swiss chalet, which I don't think you have in the States, but it's like this rotisserie chicken place. You would, you would take your grandma there. Like that's where everybody's grandma would want to go for their birthday dinner. <laughs> and it was like this weight loss place beside it. And this like gaudy like nail salon. So there's like, it's a busy parking lot. And I would like have to plan like my room, like don't go at dinner time. Like that's when takeout's busy. You know, there's a million elderly people in this parking lot. I can't just zoom in and out because, you know, you'll get a hit and run. And I don't need any more of those. Uh, just, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it just never felt good ever. Like sometimes it felt good to get recognition and, you know, have people be like, oh, you look really, really good. But at the end of the day, I could never be proud of that success. And I like, you know, I, I have very few progress photos even from that time because I didn't feel good about any of the choices I was making. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge difference that even with the program, you know, there's this huge community aspect. I had no community then, um, I had no support system. So that community um, also 
really, really, really helps with that empowerment aspect too. Like it made me feel like I was a part of something. Um, And again, because I believe so much in the program, it made me feel like I was part of something really big as well too. Um, And like a lot of ladies who come out of this program, they feel like invigorated, they feel fired up, they feel renewed, they feel like rejuvenated. You know, those are really common like adjectives we'll hear with students. And that's because I truly feel that they leave feeling empowered, Um, which as we were saying, like that's a a huge, that's what we want. We don't want people just to feel, we don't want people to feel motivated. We want people to feel empowered. Yeah, and I'd love for you to speak to that a little bit you know, being a head coach, you know, you have been, especially over the past couple of years, really noticing, you know, the mental blocks that happen and working through those mental blocks and supporting me working together in, you know, helping students overcome those barriers. We always say kind of like, it's important to address those things because in order for you to step into who you want to become, there needs to be that transition process of getting support through that rewiring process. So you can step into it or that resistance is always going to hold us back. But I'd I'd love for you to share kind of your viewpoint, having been on both sides of the spectrum of using this um, pill-based program almost through motivation because you did desire a change, but like shifting into what you've experienced in this program and the years after of really that empowerment piece and speaking to the difference of empowerment versus motivation because they're two entirely different things and I think it's really important for people to understand the difference because we often are just in our society motivation is often just the the hot topic that's talked about or the lack of motivation or gaining motivation and we're really in this to support people in becoming more than just motivated a deeper aspect of motivation is this felt sense of empowerment And so I wanted you to speak to that in your own words of, you know, that, that difference. Yeah. So when I think about motivation, I kind of think about it like fast food. Like it's very, it's you, it comes quickly, you get it quickly. Um, It might feel good in the moment, uh, but it, it goes away really, really fast. And afterwards you might feel like shit. So that's an amazing analogy. <laughs> that's kind of how I think about motivation. And I did that just, I kind of just thought of that on the spot there. Um, so this coffee is got some good stuff in it, I think. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's honestly um, what I kind of view it as because it's always this fleeting feeling and it's never, you know, well, motivation can be used to get shit done it's usually just to get shit done. And, um, you know, one of the things we're trying to teach people is, you know, and you've talked about it a lot with your story. And I know I have fallen victim to this is, um, I, you know, I used to identify as a relentless goal setter and, you know, just going goal to goal to goal to goal. I didn't enjoy the journey at all. I was just, you know, going from motivation to just, you know, get these, these goals. And a lot of times, you know, because I didn't enjoy the journey, one, I wasn't as committed to my goal, but two, I didn't enjoy my goal when I actually did, if I did get to it. 
um, because I was just so focused on the next goal. And, you know, I purely blame motivation for that because, you know, with motivation, a lot of times what's motivating you is, you know, these external factors, these tangible things. So, you know, you might be motivated by, you know, your coach, you might be motivated by, you know, one for me, it was just like fear of being a fat slob for a really long time. I had overweight parents, you know, and they say a lot of that stuff runs genetically and stuff. And I'm like, I refuse to be a fat family. Like we're not going to be that way. Um, and, uh, you know, and so a lot of times, like anytime I, I think I've been motivated in my life, a lot of times it's been motiv motivated by fear. Yeah. And, uh, and that again, just doesn't lead to lasting results. Um, so while six weeks was a great time frame initially for the program and people still did see lasting change, you could also, some students I feel like could get through that program just solely based on motivation alone um, and push themselves through. And if they really didn't come out from that with the integration pieces and the embodiment pieces, you know, it's gonna not feel as empowering coming out yeah. of the program and they're not gonna see those results the same way that student did that really, really showed up for themselves and applied those principles. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's definitely what I would say would be like the biggest difference. Like that is motivation. It is very external. Um, you know, it's very tangible type results um, where empowerment is a lot of times when obviously it's your intrin intrinsic motivator. You want that to be what empowers you. You want the, you know, kind of that intuitive desire to be what empowers you yeah. to, to show up for yourself every day to, you know, not, um, you know, go back on your goals or to give yourself grace when you want to, I don't know, eat a, eat a brownie that may not be in your macros that day, but it's not the end of the world because again, you know, that you're empowered with these tools that we give you from the program that you can still apply them and, you know, you're not going to gain five pounds overnight and yeah. you can have that inner peace. Like empowerment definitely feels like inner peace to me because you don't have that fear that you're going to fuck up constantly. You have that kind of inner confidence and that self-trust and that self-love that what you're doing is going to work. Yeah. And, you know, with the program, I definitely came out feeling empowered. Um, I think I started feeling empowered almost instantly. As soon as I started seeing changes in the program, I was like, fuck yes, I love this feeling. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Um, and well, again, it could have initially been motivation for some things because I've had to, you know, go back to the program and, you know, continue to apply the principles. You know, we know that, the action phase and, you know, from the stages of change model that these things take time. Yeah. So, you know, six weeks is a very short period when we're looking at sustainable change. So yeah. 
that was something that, you know, doing the program and having BASP there, it allowed it to be empowerment. It allowed it to continue to be empowerment. It didn't allow it to like shift into motivation and then fizzle out. Um, but it, again, it, it just always felt intrinsically what's pulling me to take action yeah. um, versus something outside of me that's making me need to take action. And that's how I look at the difference between empower and empowerment versus motivation personally. Yeah. And I love what you said and something that came up for me, because when we speak to it from like what we often do, which is like assessing living from the head versus living from the body motivation through fear, which there can be positive motivation for sure. But oftentimes when we're on these changes and we're doing programs such as this to get coaching or mentorship, sometimes the fear can be very prevalent and fear only exists in the mind. So motivation through fear is a good indication that you're living from your head. When it comes to empowerment, empowerment is a feeling felt in the body. So the biggest difference there, when you can, when you reflect and you ask yourself, am I being motivated through fear or am I feeling genuinely empowered is really where is it coming from? Do you feel it in your mind or do you feel it in your body? That's like a good indication that you can kind of reflect on because from the body empowerment, like she said, it's this intrinsic motivator, but even deeper than that, how we become intrinsically motivated is being deeply rooted to kind of our soul's curriculum or just that alignment within ourselves. Because with the external motivation, we can still, and like Jack said, and myself, which is a huge part of my story that I always share is like constantly doing these goals, but there's no real end vision in mind. You're just kind of just going to these goals just for the sake of the instant gratification checkoff, but there's no real vision in mind for you. When it comes to like empowerment, there's a vision of yourself that you're working towards. And this vision of yourself is deeply rooted to this alignment and what's your soul's desires or calling. So this is really what helps to get rooted into that intrinsic motivator and that, uh, that intrinsic why to be able to align your actions consistently with that future self that you want to step into. If you are out of sync with what that looks like, if you don't know what that looks like, the first step is always to get clear on what is the vision you have for yourself, because that's going to really create a night and day difference of, okay, if this is the vision that I have for myself, then just simply reflecting on the actions you're currently taking. And you're like, okay, yeah, on paper, I'm checking off all these goals. But when I match it to the vision I have for myself, these goals are just empty goals. It's just goals to have goals. And it's really not supporting me and getting to the real vision and desire that I have for myself. So then there has to be this mental reframe and again, a deeper healing process to change that course so that you can start taking action that's aligned intrinsically, that's going to support that version of you that you want to step into. So that's like another layer that came up for me as you were speaking, as far as like that motivation and the empowerment. Yeah, no, definitely. And I know that just kind of like formulated recently on one of our Zoom calls with the most recent performance blueprint cohort. Um, and it, uh, I had never really like verbalized it out loud, but it really is kind of what has allowed me to have continued success and sustainability um, with the changes that I've made because I do have that empowerment piece. Um, 
which again, I really felt empowered coming out of the program. And that's one of the feelings that always feels great when the students say, because, you know, we give them so much in the program and, you know, some people have a lot of shit going on in the program. You know, they don't get to show up as fully or in the way they would have intended to, but even with what they do get to apply, they still leave feeling so much stronger and more capable um, and, you know, just this bigger window of tolerance to be able to deal with life's, you know, life shit that they still get that empowerment piece. And, you know, then they can come back and apply the other elements and continue to just work through those layers and go deeper and deeper with that change, um, which is, again, why that part is so powerful um, because it just allows, again, for you to be sustainable, but again, to still create healthy goals and, you know, heal deeper parts of yourself while also, you know, being a badass, you know, jujitera on the mats as well. So, yes. you know, we all, we always still at the end of the day, we're, we, we came here because we want to kick ass at jujitsu and have a, an amazing time doing it and not feel like shit doing it. And if we can also create balance in all these other avenues of our lives, well, we should feel empowered as fuck after that, in my opinion. Um, And that's just, again, brought about this really great quality of life that's created this ripple effect that is outside of myself now. um, And now working with Body by Boss, I get to continue to make that ripple effect outside of myself as more and more students come into our world we get to take that, um, get take them in and teach them, and I get to get and get to feel empowered again and again and again through our students, which is yeah. such a really uh, cool thing to be able to get to do in your life on a regular basis. Um, so really grateful uh, to be able to work alongside you and have that opportunity um, because yeah, I definitely think. Once you do this program and once you have that empowerment piece, you know, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't continue to go forward with that. Um, and, you know, when you're ready to and feel safe to, you know, start to go deeper with that change as well outside of just what the performance blueprint has to offer as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in speaking kind of to that program from your experience or just what you'd like to offer, what do you, what would be like a piece of advice you would just like to share with anyone who's looking to join the program, who really feels called that this program might be for them. Maybe they were in the same boat as you, where they feel at their wits end or at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. And they really want to have this change for themselves. Um, And so like, what would be advice you knowing the program, having been through the program, having seen transformations of hundreds of students that you would offer to them in addressing the fear about investing in themselves or taking that leap? Yeah, so the one thing, and definitely my work with EAAs helped with this, but especially with like accepting certain language um, and, you know, feeling that I'm in line with it, but you know, when you're thinking about taking the program, uh, you know, like what getting clear on what you do desire does really, really help. And, you know, if you're desiring 
long-term change. Like you're not desiring just this quick fix. You know, you're desiring this long-term uh, change. You know, um, I also think that it, I personally like to get real with myself before doing this kind of stuff to be like, all right, you're, you're, you're doing this. Like you're gonna do this change, like you want this. And if it's something that you truly do want and desire, you know, you do deserve it. It, it does belong in your world and there is room for it. How can you make that happen though? And, um, you know, she, this person isn't a student of the program, but I have a student at the gym and, you know, she's a single mom and, you know, she did our trial and realized like, this is really beneficial for her life. This benefits her in so many ways. She was like, how can I make this work? Because I know I need this in my life. And when people are afraid to make that investment, but they know like I need this in my life, they just have to get really like real on what that fear is that's holding them back, yeah. um, you know, and try and work through that or, you know, reach out to you to help work through that because, you know, a third party perspective can really, really help get, you know, some clarity when you're in your head, um, you know, get in your body a little bit, feel the fear and, you know, really, you know, get real with yourself. Like what is holding me back? Is it yeah. just me or is it, you know, a real thing? Like, am I not going to have food on the table tomorrow? If I take this leap in myself, if I take this investment or is there a way I can make this work in my life? And, you know, the students that are really committed to making it work in their lives, even ones that are like, I don't really know how I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna make it work. You know, I want this, I desire this, I'm doing it. Um, the universe just seems to work in, in all these crazy ways and, and presents opportunities that they're like, holy shit, I can do it now. Like it, it worked. And even the ones that it doesn't work out for down the road, we, they end up coming back into our realm because the timing wasn't right then, but exactly. they desired it and they made it work. And yeah. especially working with women, I know that we have creative women who know how to make things work. That's yes. the skill that we have as females that we are resourceful. And mm -hmm. that is one thing that I've seen with a lot of our students, even before they realize it in themselves, I'm like you did all of this shit just to commit yourself to being in this program. So now that you're here, let's, let's commit, let's do it. Um, but when you have that initial fear, it, you're in your head, it can feel really, really scary, but you know, outweighing like the, the fear versus, you know, your desire. And when it came down to me making that investment and choosing, I knew that I desired that I was willing to make it work. If I had to put my car on the road for a couple of months and walk to work, I was going to walk to work. You know, I was willing to make adjustments in other areas in my life where I had room to, to be able to make this fit into my life. And now it has, you know, fit into my life in, every sense of the world, like in every sense of my world, um, because I was willing to make that initial commitment. So, you know, it can be scary. Have that, have that internal talk with yourself. You know, sometimes I have to brain dump it or I have to just be like, 
do some like worst case scenario reasoning. But at the end of the day, I find just like asking myself, like, is this just fear? Is this just fear that's holding my me back? Um, or, you know, is it something else? And then, you know, usually if the answer is yes, then I'm like, just do it, face your fears and just do it. Um, because, you know, growth never, never happens from your comfort zone. Like we always say, we have to stretch, you know, and work outside of our comfort zone to see really great change in our life. And, you know, taking, making an investment in yourself is being outside of your comfort zone, a hundred percent. Like that is, that is what that is. When you decide to make an investment in yourself, just like when you make an investment in like stocks, you're choosing to like put faith in something that you may not know the exactly what the return is going to be, but you have that faith in it and you're choosing to invest anyways, even though you don't have necessarily the end result, you know, that's, that's where, you know, I think that really helps, you know, if it's just fear, work through it and, and come through on the other side and, and you'll see how far you can grow in that process. I love that. It really is funny because life really is a double-edged sword like that in regard to the things that we desire. It requires us to take the first step. It requires us to almost show the universe that I am all in, you know, it has to be more than just what you say, right? We, that saying goes, it's what you do, not what you say. So we can say all we want, we want change. We desire change, but if we're not actually taking action to show the universe that we're actually behind this decision, then it can't really support us in offering opportunities. It can't really show up because you're unwavering in your decision. So like stepping into that and completely making that decision, just deciding that, and then trusting and surrendering that you will be supported that at the very least, like Jack said, if you're investing in yourself, it has to be at least this or something better. Yeah. Exactly. Right? If you are unhappy to any extent in your current life with any facet of jujitsu or health, making an investment on you will never be a negative thing. As long as you show up for it, as long as you truly do your due diligence and show up for it, it'll only be a positive thing when you focus on yourself. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, we have tons of students who can attest to that model and continue to apply it and show up for themselves. And, you know, like, I just think back to students like Lauren, who, you know, is one of our earlier students who's worked through, you know, some of the evolutions of the program, but, you know, she still fully gives herself to the program. She fully is open to receiving any advice from BASP and the other ladies and from you. And you can see how, how successful that's been in her life. And because she's fully committed to showing up and applying it, you yeah. know, she has really kind of, you know, manifested her world that she's living in right now. And it's so beautiful to see from where she was to where, where she is today. Um, and that just started with the performance blueprint that just started with her wanting to have a more healthy relationship with jujitsu and competition, yeah. which now evolved into her seeing growth in her personal life and in her work life and, you know, yeah. and her enjoying jujitsu more than ever, even though she's training less than she was when she did the program. Yeah. But yet her performance on the, on the mats 
feels better to her. You know, she enjoys it more. And yeah. that's because she's been radically committed to, you know, surrendering and showing up for herself. And, uh, you know, she's just one of many, many examples. You know, it's really, really cool when, you know, women share even years after the program, you know, they, they drop into our chat or shoot us a message and they're like, boom, I just did this. And, you know, I have the program to thank, or, you know, I just redid the performance blueprint on my own and, you know, look at my six pack now, you know, like, it's just, it's so incredible. Really cool. And almost like, it's so hard to put into words or we can't even share fast enough, like on social, like just not only the amount of wins that we receive tangible and intangible, but like the depth and how deeply it really impacts all the other areas. It's like, it's truly, like I say, it's, it's so, it's such something that you can only experience. I really believe like you can read so much, but it really is like this experiential thing to really know for yourself. That's something I'm always adamant about is just like having that experience for yourself. But just because of all the layers and all the intricacies of what we do, it's so hard to capture it all in, you know, a paragraph on a post. Which, yeah, like it's, it's really hard to, to show like the, even just the emotional maturation people go through, like some people like really grow up in this program or find themselves in this program. Like people have quit jobs from the realizations, you know, from a breathwork session in this program, you know, you know, they just like, like the light turns on and they're like, I need to make a change even bigger than just learning macros. And, you know, that program, uh, this program brings that. And then, you know, the students that are committed to even going deeper, they're able to, with the Empowered Athlete Academy as well, too, mm -hmm. to take that to a whole other level as well of, of healing and growth. Um, and that's just, again, one of the amazing things that when you come into this world, you may not realize you might be referred to, you know, yourself or Body by Boss in general for just the holistic nutrition side of things. But the holistic realm is so much bigger than that. And once uh, people are exposed to it, you know, they, it's, it's just crazy to see. And they're again, open to receiving how much change they really are in for. And, and sometimes like we're on that first call, like I almost want to laugh out loud because I'm like, ha <laughs> ha if you only knew, and like, cause I'm just like, yeah, you're talking about losing five pounds, but you're going to shed like 30 pounds of baggage in your mind, girl. And, uh, it's just, again, it's, it's really cool to see, but like you said, it is hard to put that down on paper. It's hard to show that in an Instagram story slide. You know, it is, it is hard to show to somebody looking to take on a change or potentially invest in themselves. Like here's someone's quality of life, life pre-program and here they are now, you know, that's hard to convey in words and pictures and video, um, you know, until again, I think our students really, really help promote it too with that ripple effect as well. And that's where some of these students um, or people thinking about being in our program, they're like, I want what they got, like whatever they're on, like I want it. And I remember 
like teammates saying that to me. And I think Amanda was one of them. She's like, whatever you're on, like whatever you're doing, like that, I would like that. I would like to do that. And, um, and just from committing to myself and showing up for myself and just applying the modalities from the program, I was able to create a change outside of myself um, because again, I managed the program. She saw incredible, incredible change and transformation as well too, that she sustained to this day as well. So it's just, again, it's hard to sell that on yeah. paper to show how that affect, how your world will change around you as well yeah. from creating a change from within. Yeah. And so. as we often say, empowered women empower women so that is just like the ripple effect that you know we're kind of speaking to but I'd love for you because I like to kind of wrap up with fun little jujitsu end which is what is <coughs> your favorite maybe this might change over time but your favorite submission and your favorite takedown as of right now <coughs> so takedowns um I'm a little, I'm a little all over the place with takedowns. I, last time I competed, I got bumped up in weight class. I think you remember. So yeah. I ended up fighting girls that were 55 pounds heavier than me, um, yeah. which made me kind of change my takedown game a little bit because yeah. we have a lot of um, bigger, um, I have a lot of bigger training partners at the gym um, so I didn't want to expose myself with big throws and a pen, a potentially, um, uh, open myself to getting stuck on bottom. So I've been doing a lot more wrestling. So, uh, we kind of do this like low, like single leg where we shoot in at the calf. I, I don't know if it has a name. I've been practicing that actually too. I just like recently saw it and I was like, I love this. This yeah, is awesome hook around the outside of the calf and your head knocks yeah. in and it's, it's really low energy. So you can drill it forever and it doesn't drain you like a double leg does. And it's like not detrimental to their knees. So the person you're drilling yeah. on, especially if they're worried about their knees getting like knocked, the yeah. risk down there is super low. Um, and I'm always, and I just really like where I can transition to. So yeah. I just call it a low single, but like it's a low single shot almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I also like that because as far as a single leg, you need pretty close distance to yeah. get it. With this one, you can be far yeah. back, like a double yeah. leg and kind of spear in and, and go for it. So I've been really liking that. Um, and, uh, and like ankle picks and stuff. So I've been trying to kind of do that. Um, where I'll throw my ladies around a little bit more because they're they're a bit smaller than me. Um, favorite, yeah, favorite submission. Well, and then sweep to um, coming back from the performance immersion retreat um, when you had taught the Delamone sweep. I had like I had gone through like almost like a system and drilled it on every single person. Um, in my gym and pretty much hit it on every single person. Cause that reverse spider hook, they're like, what are you doing? And they think you're going to sweep them the other way. So they totally yeah. just like walk right into it. So I was really successful with that sweep at my gym. 
Um, and I loved to use the knee bar finish. I'm just a purple belt. <laughs> so <laughs> I can, I would really, um, I can only finish it at the gym in training. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to finish it in IBJJF. So I do really, really, really love that takedown as well. That's um, another phase. Um, submission wise right now, um, what I've been working on, I've been doing a lot of Darces, just trying to catch those in like dynamic moving positions. Nice. Um, so I'm like been practicing, like doing some rolling Darces, uh, with my one tra training partner, um, and like cranking his neck a little bit, <laughs> but I am a lapel choke girl. I, if I can grab anything around your throat and choke you with it. That is like my absolute favorite. Um, but since coming back from this most recent retreat, um, we've been just working Kimuras all week. So we did yes. uh, we did the Kimura with the staple yesterday from Don't tell the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, we worked on that and uh it was it was really, really good. Um, so I don't know, I just I love. I think I'm all over the place. I, as far as like a style goes or anything, I, I love to just experiment. Um, I feel like I'm yeah. in a very experimental phase um, and uh, just like trying to plug new pieces in and see if they fit into my game. And then some pieces I'm taking back out and some pieces, pieces I'm keeping and then trying to evolve from there. Um, but I kind of feel like that's, that's what purple belt is in like a nutshell, yeah. like adding all those advanced pieces into your core game and just seeing like what fits into that game. So yeah, 100%. yeah, so, yeah. Awesome. So that's where I'm at. But if I can, if I can choke you out around your throat, like that is, <laughs> that is what I will opt to do. I doesn't matter how I will take like a, a paper cutter. I'll take a baseball bat. I'll choke you from behind. Yeah, whatever I'll if I can hug you yeah. and make it choke you that's that's all there for me <laughs> all right you guys know her secrets now so watch out um so thank you so much for sharing all of that and I hope that there was so much nuggets and insight and people got to know you a little bit more a little bit more in depth and you can always reach out to Jack she's an open book and obviously she is a part of this mission and works for body by boss. And so any questions that you have around the performance blueprint, obviously she shared a lot of her story, but for those who are interested, we, our next cohort, we just graduated our last one last week, um, with a retreat. So our next one's going to be May 1st to July, July 24th. And then our retreat is going to be the last three days of that program, the 22nd to the 24th. So if you're interested I'd love for you to fill out the application, which I'll have in the show notes. I'll also put in there the website for the performance blueprint so that you can just hear testimonials and see more of the curriculum and what's involved in the program. Again, Jax's information will be in there. So if you want to connect, obviously connect with her on social, on Instagram, she, uh, in our Facebook group, she's all over the place. You can't miss her. Um, and so you can fill out the application there. If you love this episode, if this helpful episode was helpful for you, or if you learned something, or if something really resonated, I'd love for you to share it with Jax or myself or on our Instagram, Body by Boss LLC. And we would love to just see what you really took away from this podcast episode. And obviously if this was helpful for anyone, 
in your life or your academy who may be in the same boats as a lot of women who join, share this information. As we said, empowered women empower women. So there's more than enough for us all to go around. And I really believe in that abundance principle that we get to support each other in this community as the women's jiu-jitsu community starts to grow. It's important that we don't take information hostage for ourselves. And we really, every time that we learn something that we're open to sharing with someone else, because when we can do that and give, we only receive 10 times more in our life and whatever that looks like. So I invite you to really share this episode with friends, family, teammates, and again, tag us on social with any takeaways that you had and we will see you in the next episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right, loves. We'll see you next time. Bye.